Thank you for tuning in to Seriously Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play as Seriously Podcast, as well as the Indie Creative Network. Please like, rate, review, and subscribe, and tell a friend to tell a friend to tell another friend to follow us on all social networks at Seriously Podcast. Thanks, Thanks again, again for tuning in and enjoy the show. If you want the tea, I can get with Seriously. Talking about your favorite web series. Right here on Seriously. We got recaps, bring your mind and have a good time, right here on Seriously. Hey, Seriously, that's our new theme song, guys. Yeah, hear that harmonizing. Yes. Hey, guys, I'm Mary. I'm Brittany. And welcome back to another episode of Seriously Podcast. Thanks to um, Linda Star Music. She was on our show a couple weeks ago doing the recap with Tough Love. She has us up with a poppin' theme song. Um, Yeah, so excited for that. So as you guys know, we attended the DC Web Fest last month. We had so much fun. We got to see a lot of new shows, and we're so happy to share some of our favorites with you guys. The event was really cool. It was sponsored by Hennessy, Mm -hmm. Sweet Green, and Google. So we got to sip on some specialty cocktails. We had healthy food. (laughs) And we got to play with the Google VR cardboard. Not so serious. (laughs) Which is really cool. (laughs) Yes. Um... We also got to speak to a couple of the series and short film creators, and we sat down with Otessa Godard, the founder of the DC Webfest. Um, so stick around for our interview with them. We also attended panels that featured industry um, thought leaders such as Michael Jawake Jr., who's the founder of LA Webfest, and as well as Stephanie DeLuca, who is a development executive. Um, so let's get started with our DC Webfest recap. <laughs> talk about is Fett und Fett. It's a German web series, guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's translated to Fat and Fat. So this series was absolutely hilarious. So it starts off at, like, this picnic or, like, bonfire type of situation. Barbecue. Bar- barbecue, <laughs> if you will. Um, the main character, he's trying to flirt with this girl there, and this girl, she's wild. Like, she wants to know his, she's like... She's so weird. She was a little weird. She yeah. was. She wants to know, like, his hidden talent. <laughs> and she, she's like, well, my talent, I could put my whole fist in my mouth. Um, already, he's like, I'm in love with this. <laughs> right. He's like, she's like, you want to see? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah let's see. So she, she, she literally it. put her whole fist <laughs> in her mouth, like whole fist. Whole fist. <laughs> so he's like staring at her. You know, obviously he's like thinking sexually. Right. Like, it was like awkward. It was, his face though was he's just like, like uh, oh, oh, my God. Okay. It, marry me. Yeah. <laughs> Have my baby. Uh, so, um, so she's like, okay, you know, your turn. Like, um, what, what, what's your talent? So, but this guy, he has, he has no talent at all. He's like, I can do a Ryan Gosling face. And he <laughs> and it wasn't even a good one. <laughs> it wasn't. She was like, so when are you gonna do it? Right. <laughs> what, is this is this it? Is this is it? it? Oh no. So, um, so he, she asks him, you know, how long can you hold your breath? So he's like, I don't know, maybe like a minute. All right, come on, show me. <laughs> so they go into the by the river, and he's like, "All right." So he holds, he goes under, holds his breath, and he's like 
holding it. She's like, you know, waiting around, swinging on the swing. Yeah. Um. So he's swimming with the fishes. La la la. He comes up. He just up, drifts drift, off. He comes Literally up. Drifts off. Exactly. He realized he drifted off. He comes up out of what he don't know where he is. <laughs> he's like, where? Where's the girl? Like right. nothing. So he comes out and. The whole episode is his journey to get back to the barbecue to impress this girl. Like took him all day, all day, all day. He goes through all these hilarious encounters on the way. So it's really funny. Yeah, it was really. Funny. It was really funny. Um, and well, it was well shot too, and written really well too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you don't mind reading subtitles, definitely watch it. Yeah, because it was funny. So. Exactly. Exactly. Just read. <laughs> Just read, called Fast Packed Freetown. Um, it follows Joe Dunlop. Um, she's an aid worker slash fashion blogger. She lives in Sierra Leone, and she peels back the colorful layers of an unlikely fashion hotspot mm-hmm. and looks at how creativity and self-expression have the power to transcend circumstances. So in the episode we got to see, um, we meet this African woman named Miriam. Mm-hmm. She's a single mom. She works at a bar, and she supports her whole family. But she's also a shopaholic. Yes. So she frequents an area called the Junks, which is a secondhand market made up of the world's like clothing rejects. Mm-hmm. So the clothes that no one in the world wants, like it, they ship it all to this area, and people just like shop through. Yeah, it. like piles. Yeah, piles, 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 junk, junk, junk. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Miriam, like, she don't. Like, you rarely see her in the same outfit twice. That's mm-hmm. how good she yeah, is. Yeah, she's like, like, no. Shifting through all mm-hmm. this junk. She customizes, she reinvents, she changes things up with different accessories, and she has a revolving door of weave that she gets done, like, every <laughs> second Saturday. So yeah. not only is she supporting her entire household, I think it's, she said, like, it was her son, her sister, her yeah. sister's son, as her sister's kids as well. Yeah. She's the only one that works in that household, but... She still is able to like. Mama had looks. Okay, okay you never, never gonna never catch saw her slipping her with the same at outfit all. at all. At so all. that was really, really cool to mm-hmm. see that like she's able to create such really, really cool eclectic looks. Yeah, and she's like not spending that much money at mm-mm, all. Because so. she know how to mix and match. Right, she know what she's doing. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. <laughs> of Australia. Um, the ep- we saw episode one, which was called Honk. It's written by Michael Schenk and Nicholas Isau. Um, so this series follows a wizard who's like fed up with the life of like the wizard- wizardry. Um, it opens up with the, like a crazy fight scene, like set in med- medieval times. Um, it was really intense. Like the special effects were like really crazy. Yeah, like, they it had was. Fire, like the lightning, and it was just really good. So he comes to like save the day because. Like, the good guys are, like, failing. The bad guys are winning at this yeah. point. But he was, um, at this point, he thinks everybody's an idiot. Like, all the, <laughs> the magic tricks are, like, I'm over this life. I want out. Like, like get me out of here. Mm-hmm. So he decides to bring himself into, like, the human realm. So the show is also set, like, on a talk show. Like, he's talking about being um, from, the, from the wizard world. Yeah, he's trying to convince 
like real people that he's not bad. Right. He's like, I'm not about that life. But when he came here, he like sneezed and like destroyed like this uh, monumental, like historic mon- monument. And like everyone's like scared of him. Every time they see him, they don't want nothing <laughs> to do with him. Like they're scared. It's like a struggle. So he's trying to like prove himself. But it's just, it was really funny. Um, I love the dry humor and the special effects of it. It was like really top notch. So um, definitely check that one out, guys. We also spoke with uh, Brandon Russell. He's an award-winning independent filmmaker and director of the web series The Beaten Path, Walk of Shame. We sat and spoke to him about his series. It didn't show at the Web Fest, but... It showed um, at last year's, so he came to support. All right, so we have Brandon Russell with us. Yes. Um, so tell us about um, your show that you have, the web series that you have. Uh, the name of the web series is Beaten Path Walk of Shame. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a series about a fashion intern and an underground DJ, and they have a crazy night in the city. Ooh, that sounds fun. Um, so we called it a visual mixtape. Um, basically, it's got a lot of really cool music. Like we focus on working with independent musicians, like a lot of folks. Okay. There's been like SoundCloud musicians and stuff yeah. like that. It's kind of part of the mission of our production company we like to promote music and stuff like that so okay. uh, every episode features like an artist and different types of music and it's, it's a lot of fun nice nice it's the um second season or so we just wrapped the first season um we're looking to start the second season now um we're in talks so hopefully expand the series yeah you know what that means that means you need more dollars and exactly stuff. exactly so that's kind of where we're at right now and being here at festivals like this right you see Fest is kind of like a good opportunity to network and Hopefully, find people that might be able to help you yeah. create that vision. Awesome. And you guys, you entered it this year or last year? No, last year okay. and the year before. Um, and actually, we've been a sponsor for the DC Web Festival. That's awesome. So, what's next for the? Um, do you have another Web Fest you're going to go to? Or? Um, well, this is the first of the year actually, okay. I've been to. I guess it's that time of the year. Yeah, exactly. Festival stuff kind of starts. Um, we're actually hard at work on trying to create some new stuff right now. You know, we're kind of just finished the festival circuit. This is like kind of the end for us right, right. now. Um, second season, uh, we have two new shows that are in the works. So we're kind of building it as like a whole platform. Walk of Shame was our first show. Yeah. It got a pretty good response. So now we're trying to like just raise the bar. Awesome, awesome. About two years actually. Um, when I initially did the series, it was done as my master's thesis for American University. Okay. So we kind of. It was a passion project, um, and for me, it was about really uh, kind of crushing the quality. Like, if you mm-hmm. see the series, like, I think we did a really good job of trying to capture a really, like, unique move. We, we really spent a lot of time in, like, you know, trying to make sure everything felt right. Right. It's a process I wouldn't recommend for, like, one or two people to do. Yeah. Especially for wet young web series creators out there. Right. You know? But um, that said, make sure you follow through with what you're doing, and, um, you know, Two years seems like a long time, but it was definitely worth it. We're able to meet wonderful people like you guys. Thank you, thank you. Awesome. So, where can um, the people find you? So, um, you can find the series at walkofshame.tv. Uh huh. Um, You can follow us on Instagram, walkofshame.tv. But the actual production company, which we're doing other series, you can check out our website. It's tbnp.com. And you can follow us at The Beat and Path on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. It's really cool. Check it out. Great, we will. Thank you, Brandon.
follows this girl named Bellamy. She's an idealistic artist. Mm-hmm. She discovers that her diabolical grandmother is stealing her work and selling it online. <laughs> so she tries to um, speak to her grandmother, by the yeah. way. She finally has the courage to go to her grandmother's house and like ask her to stop selling her stuff online. Right. So well, the grandma, but the was grandma like, was acting like she didn't know what the hell she was she talking about. She don't know. Like, oh, what do you mean, sweetie? She what was like so about? prissy about it. Yes. <laughs> but she was throwing so much shade at so her own granddaughter. Much, so much. So much. She was like, listen, you little bitch. <laughs> she did. She did. <laughs> don't come to my house. <laughs> accusing she me of read things. Her. She read her. And the girl was shook. She didn't know what to say because this is your grandmother. Yeah. Like, what can you really say right. to her? So the whole time she's like trying to convince her, like trying to make her grandmother admit that yeah. she's stealing her artwork that she worked so hard on, and she's not even making money off of it. No, her grandma takes it and like puts it on T-shirts. Etsy, and, she, and, got Etsy, Etsy yeah, she got an Etsy shop. And <laughs> it was crazy, <laughs> but I like how this was shot too. It was like yeah. really, really colorful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Um, we saw the episode, episode one, of it's called The Mattress. So every to- every story told on um, this sh- the website, The Water Cooler, is true. So that's what that's what really makes the series stand out. So everyday people, they send their stories in, and then this the people of The Water Cooler make it, um, remake the stories. So this one we saw was called The Mattress. So the main character, John, he comes to The Water Cooler. He, his face is, like, beat up, like scratches all around his face <laughs> so his co-worker's like what the heck happened to you so he's like he went on a date with this girl amy from the office so he tells him about what happened you know he woke up in amy's bed she left him a note that she went surfing um so he's in her bed you know like bliss like he's so happy that he's here like i can't believe it i mean like amy's i guess the hot girl of the office yeah so he gets up and he smells like a scent of something. Right. And he started looking around like, what's that smell? He looked down. He made an absolute mess on, on himself. Her, yeah, on her mattress. On her mattress. <laughs> ruined her mattress. It was like green, right? It was a mess. Like, sir, a mess. what do you have? What happened? <laughs> are you sick? Are you What o- do you have? Are you okay? <laughs> so he comes with this, what he thought was a great idea, to throw the mattress out the window um, and put it in the dumpster. Across the street. Across the street. So he's running around with this, with this mattress. Then he goes to buy a new one. He's running up and down the street with his mattress over his head. Trips and falls. Scrapes up his <laughs> face. And he's on the ground with the mattress on top of him. And who pulls up? Amy. Amy. She's like, what's going on? So he can't even explain anything at this what point. What do you say to that? What can, what can you possibly say? You're outside my house with a mattress. What? What? So all he said was, um, uh, uh, that's all he could say. So then they go back to the water cooler and the coworker just, he's hearing the story and he's just like, why didn't you just flip it over? (laughs) (laughs) So John's like, huh. Didn't think about that. Didn't, didn't, didn't. So (laughs) he did all that. All that, all that. You could have just flipped it. But I think even if you flipped it, he would have, you still would have smelled it. Right. So I don't know. I don't know, John. Mm -mm. Mm Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. But really funny. This was definitely one of my favorites. Um, and I love that it's um, true stories that these they remake. Right. So it makes it even more captivating. 
my bell. I just wanted to be Spanish. So Spanish. <laughs> and I'm in um, Carabao. Carabao. You know I'm Afro-Latina. We and know. producer Lauren Jaslo uh, to talk a little bit about the film. It was a short film about a magician, oh magician, um, who tries <laughs> struggling magician, struggling magician <laughs> who tries to hum well humor this young woman in a diner. Yeah. It's a silent film, it's a silent film, mm-hmm. which was really beautiful. Yeah. Um, he does a lot. He, to try to get this woman's attention. And she's not having it. At I, all. She I'm, had to school him on how to do a magic yes, trick. Yes. But you could see something was wrong with her. Like, she was upset about something. Right. Because she had an attitude at the diner. Like, mm-hmm. she didn't want to be bothered by this man. Like, and get away from so me. he was so in love with her. Like, yes. the minute he looked up and saw her, he was just like, this is my wife. <laughs> this is the one I'm going to marry. This is her. And so I got to do a, a trick yeah. to get her, mm-hmm. grab her attention, make no. her fall in love with me. Yeah. But she was not having it. No. He even sent her food. Yeah, and, and she, then she, she like, hit it. Like, get that out of my face. <laughs> I didn't ask you for this yes, at yes. all. So, so that's when he went. Yeah, so it was a really cute film. Um, I like that it was a silent film because I've never seen a silent film. No, I don't think I have either. So, and it was, like, in black and white. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. So yeah. It's a nice different. love story because in the end, you know, she showed him the magic trick. Right. You know, school him, like you said. But um, she was like, that was cute what you tried. <laughs> But this is how you do it. This is how it was done. <laughs> Let me show you. <laughs> that was really cute. Yeah. Okay, so here's our interview with Joe Carabello and producer Lauren Jaslow. Um, well, my name is Joe Carabello, and um, I'm the director and the writer of the film The Magic Trick, which is showing at the DC with us. And this is Lauren Jaslow. She's my co-producer in a lot of projects that I do. And we've been, you know, she's, we're, we're right now we're getting a project together. So here we are. A team on many fronts. But no. How long have you guys worked together? As working together? Not as an item. I just want to clarify that. As pals. Yeah. She's adorable, probably one of the cutest, most hardworking women in the world. That's right. Um, but we've been working almost, uh, I mean, like, 2000, spring of 2008, I was... So almost, um, almost 10 years. Put as a host on a TV show talking about music, yeah. and he was the director, and we became friends through that, and, that, and then um, we moved on. We do photography projects together. I, I produce a lot. We do that a lot. Well, The Magic Trick is my first ever romantic comedy, and it's a, it's a silent film about a, uh, a magician that's trying to impress a girl. I think so. Whenever I've seen people watch it, like in the theater, they get that sort of like, I can, even though, you know, we try to be tough, I can tell they're smiling. And they're like, oh, like, I want to do that. It's either I want to make people cry or laugh. That's, that's a good thing. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. Is it based on a true story? Like, based on your life? It's based on everyone's life. Is this the first season? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, this is actually, to me, it's like the best episode. Yeah. yeah? Yeah. How many episodes are there? This one we had... Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a special bit. No, it's only 11 episodes. No, 12. 11 there you go. We did for a whole year, so yeah. Awesome. So 12. <laughs> 12. Um, the one shots? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So um, what inspired this um, web series? Uh, basically, what we wanted to do is we wanted to... At that time when we made the, the web series is that there was so much like superhero and there's so many things that are like CGI and big time overproduced. And we were 
really wanted to break, you know, like cut down one story where it can be, like, make the most simplest project, the, the least amount of cuts, the least amount of shots, the least amount of characters. So basically the simplest and the best stories that we can make. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's nice. But um, how long have you been creating content? Uh, I have been making films almost since my 10th grade. Okay. So maybe that's like, I don't know how, I don't even know my 10th grade. 90, 15 years, 17 years? 98, 95, 96, since the late 90s. <laughs> Since new metal and baggy I guess pants. it's almost 20 years, right? I guess, yeah. But I was always known as the guy who had the camera and I was taking photos and documenting everything. So right. That's just what I do. Yeah. How'd you get into um, producing and that world? Um, a lot. Well, I, I went to college for broadcast journalism and I would produce a lot of things like that. I do what's called gonzo journalism. I came out of college as a solo journalist. This was a very up-and-coming trend, 2003, 2005, such um, years there. And then when I kind of started merging film with him and doing the music thing, um, it took on another element of producing, you know, you're working with people, and then it's just a lot of times, at this point, it's like if he creates a script um, and I like it, I'm like, and I visualize something in my head, you know, I've done this with other people, I've made films with too, it's just like, like I know, I, I start seeing how to put it together, and so I'm just instantly like, hey, you want to go check out this with me and see if it'll work for the film, and it just once you get that ball rolling, it's like you start, it's like braiding, you know, right. it's like you just weave in all the pieces and then... She has a bigger fan base than I do, so it's okay. <laughs> It, you can tell, like, when, when I, you know, it's one of, when she posts something from mine, like, she gets, like, you know, over 500 likes, and I, po- and I post something, I only get 100 likes. I mean, it's social media. Yeah. <laughs> it's so tricky, yeah. yeah. It is tricky. It's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, where can people find you guys and follow you? Well, simply, if people can look for this logo, the Stray Productions logo, that is a sign of everything that I do. You okay. see that? There, but uh, JoeCarabeo.com and uh, Go Stray on uh, Instagram and on Twitter. There's the best places. Okay. I'm Bullet Stringer, so at Bullet Stringer, and I'm also Snarky Studios. Like when I collaborate with him as a producer, I'm Snarky Studios. Um, so I run both accounts. Awesome. Check it out, it'll all come together. Hopefully, we keep making stuff. Yeah. I'm excited to watch the magic check. Cool. Okay, guys. Thank you. Um, so the next one we saw was called The Messy Truth. Uh, it follows political analyst Van Jones. He visits Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, uh, days before the presidential election to speak honestly with Trump supporters, Clinton supporters, and the undecided voters. So in mm-hmm. this episode... He met with a family of Trump supporters, and he had an open dialogue with them about their opinion on both candidates. And these people made no sense. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, so why are you voting for him again? Like, Like, he would say all the things, you know, Trump is doing wrong or whatever, and they were like, yeah, 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 but uh, I'm still going to vote for him. Right, because Clinton did this. (laughs) Right, like what? What? So you don't really know why you're voting for this? No, thing no, at no. All. They their arguments didn't really seem. Yeah, and then one woman she got so emotional. She said that you know she lost her best friend over this because 
her best friend found out that she was a Trump supporter mm-hmm. oh, over, yeah, over yeah, Facebook. Yeah. And she was, like, crying. And Van was just looking at her like, girl, there are bigger problems in the world. <laughs> Cut it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this was a good one, though. Yeah, it this was, was very a good one. Like, he was dropping gems. He was really telling them, like, think about what this man has done. Mm-hmm. Why are you still choosing to support him? Yeah. And they like their hate for um, Hillary Clinton was so strong that they were just like, we're just going to go with Trump. Right. That's exactly how it felt. Because none of their excuses or right. explanations made sense. Made any sense. Mm-mm. I started the DC WebFest because I felt like there was a real lack of support for web content at the time, five years ago, and I also felt like it was one of the most vibrant communities for storytellers. I felt like Hollywood was really underserving the majority of us. I didn't see myself up on the screen, no one was going to be interested in my stories, but I saw online every year content consumption was up, and I was like, this is a place where I could create the kind of stories that Hollywood would never greenlight, and I could actually find a community um, and build something, you know, build something that's meaningful and support other people who are creating meaningful work that otherwise wouldn't be seen. And, you know, together and celebrate and I, I, I think it's fruitful ground. I think it's amazing. I think it's a safe space. Um, obviously, there's, you know, there's all kinds of issues with, like, online bullying, but in terms of, like, being a safe space for creators to have their stories shared and you can really build a community around it. You can do it yourself and you can track it. So I thought it was, I wanted to get, get in there very early and I wanted to see it through. And um, I did that and I loved it and had a show. You know, it's the longest continuing web series, um, which is on Amazon. But then at the same time, I was like, but you know, where are the festivals for us? Because most of the festivals, you know, any reputable festival at the time wanted like a domestic or international premiere, which means it couldn't be online. So if you have a web series, how does that help you? You know, so we needed more web series festivals. There's one in LA and that was it. Yeah. Um, and actually the head of, the founder of the LA Webfest is going to be here okay. speaking on a panel today, which is great. So I was like, you know, also how cool would it be if the next time we have one, because I lived in New York for seven years, but was born in DC. Oh. So I was like, how cool would it be if the next time that there is a web series festival in the world, it's in DC. And if we could build that out for the creative economy and make DC really the digital district. Yeah. And say that this is, this is where this is happening. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so. that's awesome. So that was the origin story. <laughs> <laughs> um, Did you name your top three? Oh, that is so hard. That is so hard. Especially, honestly, I gotta tell you. Uh, well, first of all, I love every single one that's going to be screened this year. I mean, the quality of the content and the sheer number of content and the fact that we had content coming from every single continent except for Antarctica. I'm like, Antarctica, I'm watching you. Send me something. Um, like, 
I want those scientists to like, please, whatever it is. Like, I want, I want every continent. Um, no, but I'm sorry, I got a little bit off track. So no, every, all of our official selections are amazing. So I like, I recommend them all. I would say though, I want to give a shout out actually to the reason, part of the reason why I got into web series in the first place is because of two web series in particular. Um, one was Quarter Life by one of the creators of My Soul Called Life, which I grew up in the yes. 90s being obsessed with. And, yeah, and so he got into the whole web series game very early, and I got to see him speak and was very struck by that. And also at the same time, Lonely Girl. I think if without Lonely Girl, there would be no web series. That was the very first one. Really? Yeah, and it was all done as webcast, and it was kind of unclear whether it was real or fake. It was like a mystery. It was this, this webcaster girl. Anyways, no, no, I, I will say that I don't think that any of us would have existed if it weren't for Lonely Girl. Oh, wow. Yeah. Check that out. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And it's oh. kind of where it all started. So yeah. 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 So those, those are two I, I feel like okay. I could mention too. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yes. Well thank you, ladies. Thank you time. so much. Can um wait, what can where can you, people like find you and Oh okay, so uh for the DC Webfest, it's dcwebfest.org or at dcwebfest on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And for myself, uh, my name is Otessa, that's O-T-E-S-S-A, which is pretty easy to Google. You'll probably only find me. <laughs> so I'm at uh, at Instagram. I'm at Otessa underscore, um, and yeah, just type in O T E S S A, and you're gonna find me. <laughs> my parents made up my name. So. I love the name <laughs> though. It is. Thank you. I can take no credit. I will pass on the compliment to my parents. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, guys. So that's it for our recap of the DC Web Fest. Please check out all the shows you heard about today. If you want us to do a season recap on any of them, please let us know because you know we love recommendations. DC was so much fun and we can't wait to go back. Um, if y'all ever in DC. <laughs> if y'all ever in DC, go, go to, to the, the park. park. <laughs> Little club. Right. You're going to find beautiful a men. whole bunch of beautiful men Over in there. six feet. Full suits. Two piece, yes. three piece, like. You see Lime Brothers All right, shut up. <laughs> oh, Beautiful. my gosh. Beautiful. Yes. So we definitely love DC, and we can't wait to be back. We want to thank Otessa and Christina for having us at the DC Web Fest. Thank you so much for, for creating this platform for creatives to showcase their work. If it wasn't for this event, we wouldn't know about these shows, and we would not be able to tell you guys about them. So thanks for that. You guys put on an incredible event, and we can't wait to go again next year. As always, don't forget to subscribe to Seriously Podcast on iTunes and like or comment on SoundCloud. Show, show your girl some love. You can follow us at Seriously Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Snapchat for some behind-the-scenes fun. See you guys next week. See you guys. Bye. Bye, y'all. Right here on Seriously.